Yeah, that was, uh, I'm home, and my daughter, and Addie, is, uh, I thought she was having trouble getting logged into her, uh, math class, but apparently she got it just fine. How's school going? Really well, honestly. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, because, I mean, kids that age are used to computers and devices and all that stuff, but I mean, she's... Addie's six, and she opens her Chromebook in the morning and gets logged into Google Classroom and goes to town kind of all by herself at this point. That's good. Yeah. Is uh, Medina back in? Are they still hybrid, or what's their... I mean, I know you guys are doing digital, but what's what's the rest of the district doing? Medina's either all in person or all digital at this point. I don't think they have any hybrid models left. They had hybrids in the beginning, uh in like the beginning of the school year but i think they shut all those down and they're just either you're in person or you're not now and we chose you had to choose like at the semester so we chose to begin the second semester as is finishing out the whole year digital that's cool are they uh are they going to keep it next year did they say i don't know but i mean we're planning on being Back to in-person like normal next year. Right. I haven't heard anything. You know, Medina, they they sent an email out like the district did, and they're doing some focus groups, and they're, you know, doing their due diligence on um, getting options available. But my guess is, based on the the community push to be back in person this year, even amidst everything, that... I mean, next year, by the time, you know, most everybody who's going to be vaccinated gets vaccinated. And, uh, you know, at that point, they'll have a lot of I, they'll probably be like 12 and over vaccinations. I'm sure by the by the time we begin next year will be, if not, um, if not sort of fully instituted, at least really close to getting FDA authorization and all that junk. Like, I can't imagine that we wouldn't be back in person a hundred percent next year. And, and honestly, as someone who really wanted to do the digital thing and wanted to keep, you know, the family safe and wore a mask and did all that stuff. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm good to be back next year. I mean, things are breaking and everything's going the way it's supposed to be. So let's get the kids back in school and get, go to town. You know, it's interesting. I have a lot of friends who teach in Parma, um, in Cleveland and, they're pretty certain, you know, uh, Parma, Cleveland, you know, two of the largest districts in the area, if not the two largest yeah. um, outside of Akron. Um, they're, I think they're planning on doing both models next year going forward. Like they're going to do a digital for kids who, <clears throat> excuse me, don't want to go to school and they're going to do, you know, in person for everybody else. So I was kind of surprised. Well, look, if if there's a if there's a digital option because people just want to homeschool but like actually homeschool with real tested curriculum and all that stuff then i think that's fantastic like i like that option to be available and and maybe you know if you do it through a school district then you could do digital school and still do sports or still do clubs and still kind of fulfill some of that social aspect of school that you know that kind of uh kind of like normal homeschool kids sometimes don't get all the time. I think that's a fantastic option. I love that that's there. I don't know that. I just don't think that we would do it. And I don't know that. 
it makes sense for them to still do it because of the pandemic. You know what I mean? Right. But if it's just because people want to do it, like that's banging. That's so cool. And I think that that's a better option. I you know, like I'm not real familiar with like the, all the different homeschool things and curriculums and everything, but if you really get like your your school curriculum that's going to the teachers that you know is going to be pretty good uh and you can get grades and you can do all that stuff and be able to do it in a home environment if that's what you want and send your kid to go play soccer for the school that's that's cool man i think that's a good idea yeah no i agree i just um you know up here we don't really have the you know the learning by county or district by county model that a lot of other states have and i think you know for for those kids in the districts that don't offer digital or whatever they call it you know remote learning academy or whatever mm-hmm. um i think this sort of makes a case for you know coming up with a model where a couple districts can get together and pool their resources you know because i mean finding teachers and you know finding enough kids that make it worth it and cost effective i think would be the issue but i'm with you i think if it you know if it works for you know 2 out of 100 kids in every district or you know whatever that number is. Um, I think it's a good option. I just don't know what the cost is and, uh, you know, what it takes away from the, the kids who are going to school full time. Well, that's true. I mean, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want it to take away from the kids who are going to school full time. Um, but as long as it doesn't and assuming that the, the cost doesn't break the back of a district, I honestly, it's easy for me to say, Oh, well it shouldn't. I mean, it's online and that's gotta be cheaper, but I, I honestly don't know. You know, I'm not, involved in those cost structures but as long as it's not bad man i i say go for it yeah i think you know and not to get into the weeds here and not that i know anything but i mean i would i would think it would probably cost about the same if not more you know because you have to you know take a teacher to teach this and teacher to teach that and you know special needs and ieps and all that other stuff and and that's why i said if you know you had a couple districts that pooled their resources it would be it would be cheaper because then you could pull you know a teaching you know, a math teacher from this district or social studies from this district. And then you can teach, yeah. you know, K to 12 or whatever the, you know, out, you know, inside whatever the restrictions are for their license. But I just don't see, you know, I can see how Cleveland and Parma can do it because they're bigger districts, you know, and they probably have people that honestly, frankly, don't teach a full-time schedule anyway. So this is, you know, conducive for that. But I think a smaller district like Medina or Independence or even Brexville, you know, I think it's, it's tough for them just because they don't have extra teachers just floating around doing nothing. I wonder if there'd be enough kids in each school district that would kind of allow you to, to take teachers from your school districts. I don't know. I I don't know. Like I'd, I'd have to see more of it, but I definitely am interested in it happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the models worked so well. I mean, the hybrid models worked pretty well at, you know, the community college and the university level that, it's tough to see it not being at least tested, you know, at the local school or K to 12 district level. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this is going to be the impetus for it, but I mean, if it's not going to happen now, it's probably never going to happen, you know, when the biggest standpoint or the biggest, you know, blockage, I guess would be, you know, parents willing to, to do it and commit to it and teachers and their unions, you know, willing to, I don't know, give up a little bit of their, their freedoms they have now to, you know, for probably a different schedule and, and for the administrators, you know, because it's a different model. You know, I mean, K to 12 education has been everybody's in school for what, 250 years. 
So, yeah. <laughs> you know, to change it, I mean, it's going to, it's going to, you know, it's a massive change. But we saw it, I mean, we saw it all happen last year in March. You know, we went from everybody's in school to nobody's in school in a matter of a week and a half. And it was either great or it was the worst thing ever. So why not? Why not try it? Yeah, I, dude, I'm in. I, I think it's awesome. I wonder if I would do that. Like, I don't think I would. You know, Eddie's been awesome at the online school this year, but I like I feel like I would rather have her in school. Um, you know, pandemic notwithstanding, I suppose. If we have another, you know, virus that runs across the globe, I'll bring her back home again. But you know, as as long as that doesn't happen, I think I'd rather have her back in school. Yeah, I think I think you know, K to K to six, you probably have to keep everybody in class just so. I don't know attention span. I don't know if that's the right word. I mean, you know more about that than I do, but I would I would guess seven to you know seven to twelve that the kids are more independent and able to function on their own. And you know, half of those kids, you know, at least in you know eleven and twelve, aren't in school most of the day anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, because they're doing work or you know CVCA or whatever they call it, and or going to you know community college for you know collegiate credits or whatever. So I mean, it, you could probably save some money on you know building costs and you know. Um, real estate if you didn't need the buildings to be as big if the kids aren't in school the whole oh time. i see now you're speaking my language saving costs on real <laughs> estate and saving costs on buildings and that there so is. hey for, for the listeners what's cvca what's that stand for uh cuyahoga valley was it like a trade like is this like trade school thing yeah. like polaris yes. or polaris okay. yes it's the same thing it's, it's just the one here in brexville but they do you know they they all do a bunch of districts but yes it's um i can't remember what exactly they're labeled as i know it's trade school is no. what it is but the vocational the vocational school yeah no that's Cuyahoga cool county vocational academy or whatever it is it's voed you know basically you go in you learn how to fix cars or weld or whatever you know trade people do i don't know anything about that man i need welders um, i need welders well, like crazy right now well then you need to get down to cvca or polaris well we have one right up the street by where we are up in midtown so I mean, we're talking okay. to them, but that's crazy, man. The trades are unbelievably busy right now. And I'm like, yeah. I'm running projects in manufacturing. So I'm looking for trades all the time and everyone is slammed. Yeah, I bet. You know, we, you know, we don't really talk about this much, but I mean, I'm, you know, I didn't really take the traditional path to a bachelor's degree, you know, and I'm of the mindset because of that, that, you know, I don't think everybody needs to go to college right after school or even needs to go to college at all. And, you know, we can make the, we can have the argument about, you know, getting an associate's degree. But I think, you know, the thought that, you know, that this country's had for, again, you know, not even 200 years, but maybe a hundred years that everybody, you know, who's going to be successful in life has to go to college is, is completely false. And I think we're seeing that now more than, than we ever have. Yeah. You, you know, I was thinking about that. I don't think that that's been a hundred years though. I, I don't feel like that big, hard push for college I don't even think that that was as evident to me when I was graduating high school. Like I graduated in 99, right? So if, if anyone out there is looking for the cultural touchstone, I graduated two months after Columbine, right? So like I was the last normal school year in the country. So like after right. that, I was 2000 yeah, and I was 2000. So like that next school year, the school year that I wasn't in high school anymore, every, all the doors locked, everything changed. Um, but like 
in the 90s, in the late 90s, when I was in high school and, you know, you were getting college recruitment and you were getting, you know, you should apply for colleges and we had counselors and all that stuff. And I certainly had people, you know, tell me I should apply for colleges and apply for scholarships and do all those things. Um, but I don't I don't feel like it was as prevalent or as pushy, I guess, as it is, as it even was 10 years later, you know, I mean, I think that there was a real big boom um, of just you had to go to college to be successful. And I didn't feel like I had all of that pressure. Now, I mean, I didn't go to college at all. So maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset for that. But um, I feel like the pressure was different for sure. No, I agree. And, I, you know, I went to Catholic school. So, I mean, 80 percent of my class, if not more, went to or a college right out of school, you know, either if it was associate's degree at, you know, Cleveland State or, I'm sorry, Tri-C or, you know, another community college or, you know, a university. I mean, you know, you really didn't, at least where I went to school, you know, Catholic school, like you you pretty much were locked into going to college. You know, there was no other path. Right. So, and it was really not odd, but it was, I guess, odd, different um, to hear somebody in your class who said, yeah, I'm not going to go to college. You know, it was just like different because, you know, I mean, you go to a college preparatory high school and then you don't go to college. And it's kind of like, well, why are your parents spending all this money if you're not going to go to college? You know, and you flip that around now in my same school, like they pretty much do like an internship program for juniors and seniors. And they send them to, you know, a hospital to be a nurse, you know, you know, and then after that, they get them into, you know, a tri-C to get an associate's degree and they can go be nurses or, you know, whatever, whatever else they do. You know, it's just it's interesting how that's all changed and, you know. I, I think it's been more like 10 or 15 or 20 years, um, but it's just interesting to see that transition. You know, the yeah, and the weird thing about it for me is it's it's always couched as a movement towards something. It's, you know, everyone should go to college or college isn't the right way. Let's really push vocational schools or vocational schools aren't the right way. Let's do this or let's do that. Instead of having um, just counselors or in the in the high schools that are going to talk to people and and find out what they need and and move everybody around on a case by case basis, like it just feels like, and and maybe that's actually happening. I've been out of high school for a very long time, so you know if if anyone listening is a counselor and and you're like that is what I'm doing, where the hell is your head? Well, I mean. I don't know. You know, I'm not there experiencing it, but it just feels like the messaging behind all these movements are, this is the big right thing. Ignore all of the other stuff. And and that's not the case either. I mean, this is a conversation that you and I have about everything we talk about. There isn't a black and white, like everything is a shade of gray. And I think that should be the messaging is we should focus more or schools should focus more on finding the right shades of gray for, you know, whatever kid is sitting in front of you in your office and and make that work. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we focus, you know, at least, you know, us in Ohio and the schools around here, I mean, they focus so much on the standardized tests and it's like, look, I haven't used, you know, any type of algebra since I graduated high school. Now I'm a programmer, so I use logic all the time, which is what math is, you know, getting from A to B to Z, you know, following the same steps every time. So I understand why math is good as, you know, from that perspective. 
But all that other stuff I learned in high school, like Spanish, you know, which I'm sure would be great if I went to a lot of Mexican restaurants where people only spoke Spanish, but that doesn't happen, you know, and I don't go to Mexico that often. But like for me, you know, the things that matter in school are, and believe it or not, like home ec or like teaching kids how to, you know, I don't know what they call it now, balancing a checkbook or, you know, uh, spending money wisely, you know, or understanding what a loan is and how it can affect you. You know, if you take out a student loan and how long it's going to take you or a mortgage or things like that, like yep. the everydayness is, is more important to me, you know, because now that I'm 38, it's more important to me than it, you know, than it was 20 years ago. But I wish I had that information 20 years ago so that when I came out of school, I knew what the hell I was doing with that stuff. If it ever came up, yo, I look as somebody who came out of school and uh, got a bunch of credit cards and ran around spending a whole bunch of money and then gambling for a while. I agree. I wish I had some of that education and I was an adult, right? I guess technically, at least by age, like I could buy cigarettes and go to war if I wanted to. So it isn't like I wasn't making decisions with my eyes open as far as what I was doing about my financial future, but it would have helped if there was, you know, a heads up. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and me, I mean, again, Catholic school, and I know you went to Olmstead Falls. So, I mean, we're kind of in the same cocoon, I'll call it, you know, where everything is kind of like, you know, everything's rosy. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but if you don't have to deal with real life while you're in high school, then when you, when it hits you in the face, you're like, Oh my God, like, mom and dad aren't going to bail me out from this, you know, like they're not just going to give me a hundred dollars and, and fix it for me. You know, like it's, it's just, it's a culture shock. You know, I went to, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day. Like I went to like three schools in my whole life. You know, I went to elementary school, K to 12, went to high school or I'm sorry, K to eight and then high school, you know, uh, nine to 12 and then college. Like I went to three schools in my whole life, you know? And like, it's, I mean, that's the essential bubble life. You know, people don't realize that about Catholic school. Like usually you start at kindergarten, you go all the way through, you know, public school, at least, you know, you have element or primary and then elementary and then middle school and then high school, you know, you see different people cause you get moved around. But you know, when you're deep in the bubble, you're in the bubble, you know, you don't know how the real world works. And that's really the failure of education right now. Even a suburban school district and, and I'm not bagging on suburban public school districts. I'm a product of a suburban public school district and the, you know, there's pros and cons and everything, but even, even a, a suburban public school district is pretty much like a bubble. I mean, it's, and you're a kid, right? That's, it's not even, it's not even like I'm criticizing that you're, they're focused on teaching you stuff. And so that, you know, you, all the rest of life and all the distractions, they try to keep to a minimum. And if, if they can do that and and teach you stuff, then that's kind of how they grade themselves. Yeah. You know, and I, and, and you know this, I mean, I grew up in the inner city of Cleveland, like in, one of the worst parts of it, but my mom's like, look, you're not, you're not going to public school in Cleveland. Like you're not going to, you know, be a knucklehead the rest of your life. Now it turns out I turned ended up being a knucklehead anyway, <laughs> but, but at least I, you know, can, you know, complete sentences and type my name and, you know, I'm not out doing all the bad stuff that, you know, a lot of the kids that grew up on the street that I are doing. Right. Um, you're a, knuck- so you're a knucklehead mean, with an IRA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty much. That's, I have that going for me at least. Thank God. Um, so, I mean, I'm obviously grateful for that, but I mean, I feel like in some of those cases, and you know, cause you lived in Cleveland for a little bit, like you get, you get a lot more lessons about life when you live in the city than you do when you live in the suburbs and all you ever see are your friends and everything's great. Dude, look, I've, you I've know. said that a bunch of times. I, I love Olmstead Falls and I'm happy I went there and I love the people who I went to school with and I love a lot of the teachers, but man, like 
I got a job in downtown Cleveland and started, you know, I, you drive up 71 and, uh, that is not, that's not what Olmstead Falls High School taught me. Like they didn't, they didn't teach me how to be in that real life environment and in, in an urban setting. And look, it wasn't necessarily their job to do that, right. you know, like, and there's no way for them to teach yeah, that either. I'm not mad about it. But it definitely is, um, it definitely was proof of that bubble. Like that first week or two of work in an urban environment. I was like, holy shit. Like what is, and it was awesome. And, you know, I loved that experience too. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my suburban school district did not prepare me for uh, dealing with that life. Yeah. You know, you go north of 480 and it's a totally different road. Oh, the 480 is the Mason-Dixon line in Ohio. Yeah, correct. It, it, that's absolutely. What I, that's, that's what I tell people. Yep. And, you know, and I live in Brexville, which is south of, of 480. But, you know, but even people don't get it. You know, they're like, oh, you know, there's all these great suburbs north of 480. I'm like, not really. I mean, I guess, you know, Westlake and Bay Village, right? I mean, I guess there, I mean, I guess there's some kind of, you know, curvature of the, of the, of the world over there. Yeah. But like, but in general sense, you're right. Like once you get south of 480, like it's a, it's a totally different world. Like all the roads are plowed and they're paved and there's not a whole lot of potholes yeah. south of 480, uh, you know, and there's not a whole lot of nonsense going on. And, and look, that's not even, and that's not even being derogatory towards the communities that are north of 480. It's just different. Like it's not, it, I don't, I don't want to couch it as a better and worse. It's just it's the experience in some of the suburbs in, you know, Southern Cleveland and I'm in Medina, right? So like it's, yeah. it's not a Cleveland suburb, but I would kind of count that as, you know, that's part of that big circle that probably starts in Brunswick and, you know, circles yeah. up North through Strongsville and exurbs, right? Isn't yeah. The exurbs. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a different Everything. yeah i mean it's a different experience you're not yeah it, it and unless you go looking to teach yourself all of those different experiences the the schools aren't going to do it for you the community's not going to do it for you i mean every everybody down here is a nimby right nobody wants housing nobody wants apartments nobody wants anything down here just put me on my cul-de-sac and keep it all out of my backyard I'll never remember, like, I was 19, and I just started officiating basketball. <clears throat> and the guy who's – hang on one second. I'm sorry. And the guy who um, assigned me my basketball games, you know, like the league I was working in was the old Southwest League. Southwest – or, I'm sorry, the Pioneer Conference, which doesn't exist right. anymore, which I'm sure you probably remember. Yep. He says, uh, so, hey, you got a middle school game at Strongsville Center Middle School. And I said, where? He's like, Strongsville Center. You know, and like, you know, when they hired you for these games, like they don't, they give you the address and they like, you're on your own. So like, I'm 19 years old and I'm driving to Strongsville. So this is, you know, 21 years ago or 20 years or whatever it was. And I'm driving to Strongsville Center Middle School, right in the middle of Strongsville. I mean, I know it very well now. But, you know, I got the old uh, red map book out, you know, like the, whatever those books are called. Like my grandfather still has them, you know, and I'm like trying to map my way from the east side of Cleveland to Strongsville. I have no idea how long this is before Yahoo Maps and all this other nonsense. Do those maps, those map, how far we've gone. Those Atlas pages had to be like 17 pages apart. Like there's no oh. way. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and you're like trying to follow it with your finger. And I'm like, where am I going? 
And like I'm 19, right? So I have no idea where I'm going. And then I pull into Strongsville Center. And by the way, that place is a dump. It's one of the oldest buildings in the world. It's gone now. But you're like, wow, this is where that mall is that everybody keeps yep. talking about. Wow, this is like this is what four lanes paved and not everybody, you know, trying to kill each other looks like. Like it's a totally different world. It's crazy. Yep. You know, it's only twenty minutes away. But you're like, wow, this is this is different. Like this is crazy. And then I go back to Cleveland, I go, Well, this isn't very nice. You know, like in the same day. <laughs> How do I get out of here? And then, you know, like six months later I lived in Lakewood and then we're from Lakewood to Brunswick Hills to Broadview Heights and now Brexville. Yep. You know? Brunswick Hills, that had to be an experience. Yeah. Yeah, hang on one second. My my phone is ringing. Right. Hang on one second. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine Damien living in Brunswick Hills. Are there even any? Like, I wonder if that means Damien had a house. Are there apartments in Brunswick Hills? I think there's a two dive bars in two neighborhoods, and a lot of cops, a lot of white cops in Brunswick Hills. Damien's not back from the phone yet. I wonder if he's going to listen to this. God, I hope he leaves it in. That's what she said. He's going to leave that in, and it's going to embarrass me. Son of a bitch. Let me tell you something. Well, so the thing is, Brunswick Hills would have been a, a complete culture shock if I had not gone through Lakewood first. D- why? Does that make sense? Well, no, that doesn't. I mean, well, Lakewood I, I, and Brunswick Hills don't don't feel the same to me. No, they're not the same, but I'm saying an inner city kid going directly from the inner city of Cleveland to Brunswick Hills would have absolutely been the biggest culture shock ever, oh. but I did three years in Lakewood, right. so I got acclimated to, don't take this the wrong way, white living people. with white people. Correct. Yeah, no, that's fine. Right? I understand. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and again, I'd been officiating basketball, and I worked, you know, another job, and so, like, I'm around it, but, like, if I had just gone from the inner city of Cleveland to Brunswick, I don't know what I'd be doing with my life right now. It would be... See, I, I, it's co- it's totally different world. You'd be a farmer. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> look and look. This is this is where this is where we're gonna get like uh, this is where we're gonna get real like um, you know liberal racist real fast here. But yeah, Lakewood white li- Lakewood white people got to be different than Brunswick Hills white people, right? Yeah. Like I've I've been For around. Sure. I mean, yeah. you're in Medina, so you know. Oh, you gay? Yeah, I am. But- but like gonna- whiter than Brunswick Hills white people here, right? And my point is is you're still living around white people so like you still kind of figure out like okay you can do this you can't do that like in Brunswick Hills like it's you can do this you can't do that but times 10 you know like going to Lakewood at least you got you know like it's like elementary school for white people you know what I mean like it's like learning how to deal with white people if you want to do that you go to Lakewood well and you still had black people that visited you there right like you don't you don't get a lot of that in Brunswick no you don't get any of it (laughs) you don't get any of it and then from there I go from Brunswick Hills to Broadview Heights to Brexville Right. So like talk about worlds apart. I mean, you're just going from, you know, you upgrade, you upgrade, you upgrade. And then you're at the top. Right. And you're like, oh, wow. Like this is a totally different world. You know, I mean, like I tell people I live in Brooksville and they look at me like I'm like, what are you doing out there? I was like, I don't know. That's just where I live. Like, it's fine. You know, but like once again, if I had gone from the inner city of Cleveland to Brooksville, complete culture shock. Is Brooksville the top? I would say so. Really? I mean, of, the, of the places that I've lived, sure. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's I mean, different, I guess. What, what would you consider the top? Like Bay? I don't know. I mean, no, because that would, like, Bay would bother me. Yeah, but like Bay, Brexville, Avon, Avon, like, they're all the same places. They're all the same. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, it's just like different factors of money. That's true. 
Well, I mean, if it's factors of money, then and and we're talking about a an even somewhat accessible community, right? It's probably Beechwood. Novelty. Uh, well, well, novelty. Okay, yes. I, I I guess we're talking like you know ultra rich. You know, well, you like said Moreland factors Hills. of money. Yeah, I mean, Moreland Hills, I guess, would be the absolute top. There, there are houses that you and I can afford a novelty. But there's none in Moreland Hills. No. Well, no. All right. That's, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. You know, and, and, and like Any, even, anywhere even you Bay, can walk Anywhere you could walk to the Gilmore Academy, you can't afford to live. Yeah. Yeah. Although that's, that's technically Mayfield Heights, isn't it? I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's Mayfield Heights. I mean, it's right down the street from Walmart on Psalm. Oh, see? Then you're fine. So... But that's not. But that's not Moreland Hills. Yeah, that's true. Um, so here's what I say. What I want to say about Bay, like yeah. unless you live on Lake Road and on the north side of Lake Road, like you can be in any economic class and live in Bay Village. Yep. You know, like I don't feel that way when I go to Brexville, right? Like I feel like if you're not making a hundred and seventy-five and above or hundred fifty, you can't live in Brexville. Like it just doesn't work out for you. You know, and it's not just it's not just the affordability of the houses. It's like people know when you make that kind of money, you know, like they can they can kind of smell it, I guess. I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I'm not saying I make that much money, but sometimes, you know, you got to fake it till you make it, you know, just make people think you do. Um, but I feel like communities like, I mean, what do you think about Medina? Like, what's the top like bath? Bath's not Medina. Bath Summit, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of down here south, right? So like Medina's in a weird is really more connected to Akron than it is to Cleveland. It's just so happens that, you know, Medina's down 71. So it, it's real easy to be lumped into the Cleveland exurbs when it really isn't. And honestly, I, I'm not even sure if it's a an exurb of, of Akron either because we're just far enough away from anything. What I would say about Medina is I, I like it here. Um... Because there's there are nice, affluent areas and sections and people, but it's all really kind of mixed in. Like there isn't it isn't as divided a community geographically. Um, you know, I can't speak for every every different portion or every different label in the community, but geographically it, it really isn't like over here is that stuff and over there is that stuff and over here is that stuff, you know. I mean out outside of a few like super nice, you know, subdivisions and stuff, everybody's just kind of together in a spot. And I don't know if it'll stay like that forever. Um, but it's pretty cool right now. And I, I like where I am just fine. And it's not a utopia either. Like, I don't want to make it out to be like, Oh my God, you know, we have all the problems solved. You we don't, don't even have a fire department. Yeah, I know. I know. Son Which of a is bitch. the craziest thing ever. Like, well, it's a volunteer fire department. And I know, but Medina doesn't have exactly 10 people anymore. I mean, what does no. that city have? Like 20,000 people? The oh, city. and it's and it's constantly, I mean, it nothing but new subdivisions going in. I mean, it feels like, it feels like um, you know, Strongsville and Brunswick is what's happening down here. They just went through a big uh, road widening thing up and down Pearl. That's going to keep going. Or it's, it's called North Court down here. If you'll excuse me, I apologize <laughs> to everyone from Medina. Who's it's called North Court down here. It's Pearl Road. It's forty two. I don't. Thank I don't you. know why they do that. Yeah. Um, and that's going to keep going. I mean, there's new houses. There's new developments. There's all kinds of new stuff going in. I don't know exactly when we'll get to Strongsville or Brunswick level, but I mean, it's going to end up that way. So I'm interested to see. 
I wouldn't call, I don't know if I'm for sure a Medina lifer, but I'm definitely a long haul down here. Um, you know, cause Addie's just in kindergarten now. So, I mean, we're going to get these kids through school in a, as stable an environment as we can for as long as we can. So we'll be in Medina for a while. It'll be interesting to put a pin in this conversation and come back to it in 10 or 15 years and see what the community turned into. Sports Hacks episode 1025. <laughs> Is that, I mean, are you taking into account all the episodes we skip? No. <laughs> just doing straight weeks. Straight weeks. <laughs> just straight weeks. Just doing the math. And as we said, I'm not a mathematician, so I'm going way <laughs> off. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was good. That was good. That's not what we plan on talking about, but that's fine. That was a better conversation. Cause we it was. It was a cool conversation. Yeah. Um, are you going to watch any of the tournament? Yeah, man. Like I've watched a little bit of the tournament. Um, you know, but as as we mentioned in the Slack, like you asked me if I did a bracket. I didn't do a bracket this year for the first time since I can remember. And I watched no college basketball this season. Yeah. Like I... I'm sure at some point I had it on TV or something, but I cannot remember paying attention to a college basketball game. Uh, I've always been an NBA first guy when it comes to hooping, so I always appreciated the pros better than the college college hoops. But I, I did have a big affinity for college hoops. I was a North Carolina guy, um, Ohio State Ohio, you know, the, the Scooney Penn years at Ohio State, I was a big fan through there. Like, I've, I've always liked college hoops and paid attention to it and filled up brackets and done the whole thing. I don't know what it was about this year, if it was because the seasons were weird and it wasn't, maybe it wasn't on long enough. Like, didn't really get a whole lot of, like, Big Ten ACC tournament, which I kind of, I like watching the beginning of the, beginning of the seasons. I don't know what it was, but just nothing. Like, it did not grab me at all. And... You know, the first couple of rounds of the tournament, I had it on here and there. But, I mean, I know the big upsets. I think the stories are cool. I'm having fun kind of, you know, hearing about the Cinderella's and the runs and all that stuff. But I just have not been compelled at all to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. It's a weird year. You know, I get it. I think, uh, you know... There'll be a lot more to talk about this weekend. I know you're not a fan of it. I love the wraparound weekend schedule. We can get into that next time. Um, it's I like, look, it's starting the first round with two full days, 12 to 16 hours of basketball mm-hmm. all day mm-hmm. on the week of St. Patrick's Day is the absolute best possible start to any of this it is perfect it's a huge party week that turns into a party weekend i get what you're saying about the wraparound schedule it isn't that i don't like the wraparound schedule or think it's bad or stupid or anything like this but but man like you just it's not broken but like a a four-day basketball bender that starts on saint patrick's day or the day after saint patrick's day um is not broken like that's too perfect to change Okay. I just like the Friday start. I just think it's great. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I think it's good. And you can throw some women's games in there and it's all good. You got a lot of, but you can't, you, you got basketball for basically eight straight days. You know, once you put the women's in on, you know, during the week, I love it. Yeah, but you can do that you know. and start it Thursday. Still. Yeah. But the, but I like that the playing games are one day in the tournaments the very next day. Yeah, but you can now, do that. 
Like the mm. only reason that happened is because of the the compressed the bubble schedule yeah. thing. No, no, no. I get, but I also like that they're playing all the games at one place. Yeah, but, I like that as well. Well, you can do that and still start on Thursday, and you can do yeah, the play-in days and still start on. I mean, you can do all of that. You can still do that and start on the Thursday of St. Patrick's Day week and give yourself a whole. I mean, dude, believe me, my my the the very best time I've ever had in Cleveland, um, out maybe outside of the Cavs championship parade, was a Thursday that was St. Patrick's Day and the weather was good and I was at Nick's Corner Bar at seven o'clock in the morning waiting for tip and doing shots and you you just stay in the bar and the parade happens and the people cycle in and out and it's a it's just a madhouse and you're watching basketballs all day it's perfect and then you don't go to work the next day because you're hungover and hey you've got basketball to watch so i mean there's 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 no there's no need to fix that thing that isn't broken okay I'm not saying it's broken. I just like it better. It's a selfish thing because I don't have a lot of meetings on Monday, and so I can watch all day Monday. But to me, there's really no difference between Thursday and Monday. I have a lot of meetings on Monday. It's a lot easier for me to clear up and take vacations on on like Thursday and Friday yeah. than it is. No, I, look, I get it. I I totally understand it. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm just saying for me, I like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday better. Damien, and I appreciate a- these conversations that we have on Sports Hacks, but you're wrong. Okay, I referee basketball. I'm, uh, most people think I'm wrong all the time, so I'm used to being wrong. So it's fine. But oh. I just, I, I'm just saying, I like the Monday through or the Thursday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I like it. That's all. Then I don't really have to take two days off because, again, I don't really have a whole lot going on on Monday. Well, this because you have a cushy job that lets you make enough money to live in Brexville and not have to do uh-huh. anything on Mondays. Like I don't, <laughs> this is, you, you don't you don't run the NCAA. I mean, I wish I did. Like somebody let, needs to run that. Place. Oh my god, we'll, we'll do that. We should do that next time. If we like, let's us run the NCAA. Yeah, we'll plan it. All we'll, right. Well, we'll let's get some fuck, let's get some money for the streaming rights for God's sakes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, go, folks. All right, man. I gotta go. I gotta go because I have to return to work here. All right, have fun at Top not, Golf. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take you. that's exactly where I'm going. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.